Hey guys, welcome to the Seven Figure Box Show. This is Andrew Frezza, and I'm joined today by our head coach here at FitTown Jupiter, Austin Bettigrew. And today we're going to be talking about if you are feeling pigeonholed with your programming, how to get past that and uh, feel confident again with your programming, feel like you have a lot of versatility again with your programming. And we're sharing this episode because this is something we kind of found ourselves in a position of feeling pigeonholed, feeling boxed in with our programming about a month ago and trying to start from the ground up and say, okay, what do we want our programming to create in our members' lives? What do we think is fun and effective? And trying to rebuild that programming from the ground up in a way that allowed us to feel like we had more things at our disposal, not less. Um, so that's what we're talking about today. And um, yeah, I mean, Austin does the programming and just to give you guys a, a, a set the stage for it, basically he programs on uh, usually Sunday or Monday, he sends it over to uh, myself and we actually have two other coaches. We have four coaches in our programming meeting. I don't think you need that many. Two or three is definitely effective, but right now we have four coaches and we'll meet every Wednesday at one o'clock to discuss that programming, finalize all the details, and then Austin will take it for the rest of the week and put in any programming notes. So we have a lot of eyeballs on it. Our meetings usually last closer to 90 minutes where we're just bouncing ideas off each other and really making sure that, that each workout works really well. So there's a lot of thought behind it, um, but I wanna talk about just this, this feeling of being pigeonholed. So Austin, you do the programming. Um, can you talk a little bit of just like that general feeling for you and where you are today with it? Yeah, I think um, to backtrack a little bit, I'm assuming most most of the listeners right now are a CrossFit box or a CrossFit style boxes. We all kind of came from the same general ideas of, of programming, where it's you know it's the constantly varied functional movements performed at high intensity, and it sounds very glamorous, and it sounds like you would have a ton of options to to work with. And mm-hmm. where I do believe you you do start with a ton of mm-hmm. options, it slowly starts to slim down in the in the things that you feel like you can use or should use and there's a lot of factors that go into that and like feedback from members things they like and i actually just googled this so i don't know if it's 100 percent accurate but apparently the crossfit open has only had 33 different movements yeah that's um, a good point in the years that it came and one of the notes i wrote down is i feel like that started having a huge impact on the normal gym level and the athletes and members that actually attend the gym because what do they want to get better at? Well, the open. Yeah. So it started shifting to this competitive zone. Now, let's say those 33 movements start becoming some of the only 33 movements you're using. Not saying that they don't bury them and change them and they're in different domains and things like that, but it's still a clean, it's still a press, it's still a deadlift, it's still, you know, it's the same thing, just looks a little bit different on paper. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember when, when Dave Castro just simply switched to incorporating dumbbells, all, yeah. how much of like a relief and how much that allowed us to be able to program more of that and have members excited about it, you know? And that's what we're talking about here is like, you know, members are gonna show up to things, they're gonna be accepting. Sometimes they'll see something and not show up to it, but like, how can we get them like excited to do certain things? Yeah, and I think that's, that's where we started getting pigeonholed as we almost, I don't want to say took their feedback too much because we, we do take and receive feedback a ton and we do appreciate it, but there's that fine line of you need to give them what they need, mm-hmm. but then also kind of balance it with what they want. And I think we've kind of gotten this really good groove lately where we can we can give them that fun, that skill, maybe it's a heavy weight, 
that they want, but in a way that is more in line with what we know they need and can actually help them long term um, make the results that they want. And just a little side note, we did a poll on our, our group Facebook page asking people what they wanted to get out of mm, yeah. uh, fitness in the first place. And I, I don't remember what the exact percentage was, but I would say like 80% said general fitness. General fitness, but then we're programming you know, more skewed towards these like higher skills, volume was high, like things like this where, um, and I think even compared to normal gyms, we were still very, very reserved. We, we took that, that stuff pretty seriously, but I think now we've taken a step forward even beyond that and we're really breaking it down. From yeah, I mean, we already had people coming up to us, members that would leave or maybe a member in another gym that would say, oh, you're not crossfit enough. And it's like, okay, well, we still do way more than we probably should and yep. we're still kind of getting this sentiment that we're not crossfit enough so that really made us feel pigeonholed from a standpoint of like movement selection i think is a big one um the equipment we might use you mentioned like the barbell versus dumbbells and then workout formats like you know everything had to look like a strength plus a metcon and and if you evolved that too much then you'd get a little bit of of negative feedback and and the thing that i uh, brought as just kind of a visual piece to to Austin as like how we could grow the pie so to speak is like if you imagine this pie Austin brought up the 33 movements but let's say let's say it's more like a hundred like the hundred movements is the movements that will program on a two-month timeline on a sort of regular basis so if that hundred movements makes up that pie I think what Austin and I did for for a little bit is that we would try to stay within that pie. So we'd program, instead of all 100 movements, we'd program 95% of those movements. And then over time, that pie started to shrink. So now when we program, we had the 95, now we shrink it to 90. And we, we actually start to box ourselves in over time. And the simple framework that I had for him is instead of each week going from those 100 movements to the 95, what if we actually tried to add to the pie and we threw out three to five movements, maybe not three to five movements every week that are new, but over a monthly timeline, we're actually introducing three to five new movements and growing that pie over time, getting our, our members to be more excited about trying new things, getting out, out of their comfort zone, as opposed to staying in their comfort zone, staying with what they know and slowly shrinking that pie even more. Yeah, and I, I think, um you know, as we made the shift to Fit Town and we kind of started creating what we wanted in a, in a culture and um, in a gym, um, I was surprised, and I brought it to our, our program meeting, like, I was surprised how well um, these changes have been taken on by our crew. And I think if we would have done this, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, I don't think it would have been the same. Um, I think it would have been taken a little bit more harshly and maybe we, we lost some members, like, immediately from it. Um, but I think with COVID, the switch, our direction that we're going right now, I think, I mean, I, I was extremely happy with the feedback we've gotten from it. But Yeah, the other thing that's helped me out a lot, and I think it's helped you out as well, is uh, we're in the process of creating kind of our own level method. Yeah. And we're calling it the superhuman system. If you guys are uh, unfamiliar with the level method, just a quick briefing is basically a level-based martial arts type system for uh, fitness gyms, a lot of CrossFit gyms, where you know in martial arts you have your different colored belts that you work through. Um, in this, it's a fitness structure where you might have 20 or 30 different categories to say, okay, where are you at with your strict pull-ups, your strict push-ups, your this benchmark workout, the triathlon that we do, uh, your 400 meter run, your mile run. Um, it's some some single modality things, and then some 
Metcon combination things. And essentially what we're trying to do is say, what does, what does well-rounded fitness look like? Mm-hmm. The most applicable version in our, the rest of our day, 23 hours of our day, what does that most applicable version of well-rounded fitness look like if we were to narrow it down to the stuff we actually do in the gym? And it became very obvious to us that like, man, we really just don't do enough like strict upper body stuff. Like a pull-up and a push-up is such an essential thing mm-hmm. that our members need to have. And we don't do enough to really intentionally build that. And when you're trying to make too many workouts look like these fun, sexy CrossFit workouts, it, it, it really skews you away from doing the, the strict work, the tempo work, the negatives, the accessory work that you need to do to develop that upper body. So that was like one of the big glaring things that we've really incorporated a lot more. And now we're excited to put in because we understand really the why behind doing that. And it's not just like, oh, we saw Marcus Philly doing functional bodybuilding and we were going to start doing more of that. Yeah, I think it's huge. And I think, you know, we, in that meeting, it was one of our more intense meetings. And I don't mean that we were like going at each other, but we were like very in depth of like, what, what do we need to do and change? And, you know, we were, you know, picking specific members that we could think of that were, that wanted pull-ups or wanted to improve pull-ups. And we're like, but how are we actually going to get them there? Mm-hmm. And when we kind of lined this up, we, we kind of came up with a game plan. Like, if this was the member and they can't do pull-ups, how do we expect them to get pull-ups if they're doing them once a week in a Metcon setting? And like you said, we started adding you know, a lot more variety to that with you know banded lap pull-downs and... Ring rows. Ring rows, tempos on like negatives and things like that. Like Bicep curls. <laughs> No, yeah, we always <laughs> keep those in, but... Yeah, of course. <laughs> but we just, we just added a ton more variety and to actually push them in the direction they needed to go to hopefully eventually get their goal of a pull-up. Whereas before it was just like, you know, if you come long enough, maybe by chance you're going to get one eventually. Where now we've kind of given them the direction with this um, super superhuman method of like, you know, if you want this, if you act if this is actually one of your goals, this is the best way for you to go about yeah. that, depending on where you are. Cool. So I wanted to go through some like specific workout formats that have uh, worked for us that have kind of clicked and and give you guys really specific examples of how this would play out. Um, So the one we just did this past Monday, we're filming this on a Wednesday is uh, we did one that was five to six rounds of five power snatch singles, one set of toes to bar, and then a 60 foot sledge sprint. And then the, the kicker after that was a mandatory 100 meter walk between sets and we've done I think this is our second maybe third workout where we've done this hundred meter walk after sets and and we didn't know how that would go and it's going really well especially when we have something in that workout that's going to be a little bit more of a high skill element or maybe a heavier element to it that would make you want to be more fresh and rested for that um, so I know you see power snatch in there, toes to bar, like, oh, well, those are very CrossFit-y type things. Like, how is that that different? The week before, we did it with, like, sumo deadlifts and uh, ring rows, I think it was, was the combination. So it doesn't have to be super high skill, high, high uh, complexity. Um, but that workout was certainly a slower moving workout that your heart rate never got super high. And, like... We had so many great comments uh, in person. I coached that day. I opened that day two classes. I had a ton of great comments in person. And then I saw a ton of comments in our SugarWad, how much people loved that workout and how much they loved it on a Monday, not having to go ham on a Monday when so often we've like, 
whether we projected that on their clients or they projected it on us, like the assumption has been, oh, you know, Monday is like, we got to kill people because they're fresh after a weekend. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to bring up any other ones that we talked about. Yeah, and then uh, going back to a comment I had made earlier, you know, there's a ton of opinions in, <laughs> that people have of what they prefer in a workout, and we kind of hear all of the feedback on that, you know, like, we don't go heavy enough, we don't do enough bench press, we hear that a lot. <laughs> um, you know, I want more longer aerobic workouts, and um, one of the, the cool ones we did, which I think was a great way to kind of get the best of both worlds and kind of allow the athletes to, to cater to themselves, um, we name all of our workouts. We call this one Rat Race. Um, it is a 32-minute clock, and it's just a continuous clock. But every four minutes, you're going to hop off a bike. So essentially, you're biking the whole time, but every four minutes, you guys are going to hop off, and you guys are going to perform you know, two different couplets of movements depending on the four minute you're stopping. So it sounds confusing, but on paper, it's not too bad. So the first four minutes you stop, you have eight to 10 single arm dumbbell bench press, and then you have one set of uh, barbell bicep curls. So if someone is wanting to challenge themselves on the weight of the dumbbell or take more time between that and the bicep curls, they're more than welcome to do that and then they just have a shorter bike. Whereas some of our um, athletes who like that aerobic feeling, they can rush if they want to through the bench press, through the curls, and then get back to the bike and spend the majority of the time there. Um, and then we had another little couple that went along with that with some single arm bent over rows, some more of the pulling we were talking about. Um, with a set of ring body saws, so just a little core accessory. But the purpose of that one was just allow people to cater a, a workout um, in the direction that they want it. So it's, if they want the strength, they can definitely have it. If they want the long aerobic workout, it's 32 minutes. So have, have fun with the bike. Yeah, and I think in the past, we would have been resistant to like a few things in that workout. Yeah. One, like a single arm bench, uh, a single arm row is kind of the meat of the day of a workout um, and same with the curls and the body saws like those are things that we would be reluctant to put in more of a metcon setting maybe the bench is a strength maybe the curls and the body saws are in a core finisher or something like that and we're reluctant we were reluctant to uh, maybe make that like kind of the entree of the day um, but it's definitely done in a format that as Austin pointed out like we feel like if you want something more strength focused you can do it and then if you want 32 minutes of, of heavy, hard biking, um, where you're really sweaty, you can get that as well. So, um, it, it, that one went really well. That was stolen from Marcus Philly. Um, that was a, a functional bodybuilding one that we adapted to ours. Um, we have one tomorrow. Do you want to go through that one? Yeah, sure. Um, so we've started, you know, like the one you explained, uh, the Monday one was, you know, kind of a high skill movement in the terms of you have a snatch, you have a, uh, total bar. Um, and I think this one is kind of the same. It's a very, one thing I'll add on Monday is we did no score that day. So that's another big correct, element yeah. that we're doing a lot is no score. Um, so yeah, you can continue. Yeah, just to add on that, I, I think it's been huge. And we also did no score on the power snatch singles, which typically, even if it wasn't for quality day, we would allow them to put the numbers in. But we found that even allowing them to do that, they start competing on numbers of what yeah. their power snatch singles were. So. We, we, still, we still have a note in. section. We still have a note section so they could do that. They could put an emoji in and then notes. But if we say, hey, the score is the weight, yeah. it's just a different It's a different application and it's a different result because yeah. of that. Um, so, yeah, the one we have coming up is um, a high skill day, but I would also consider it more of a quality day as well or more of a practice for some of these higher skilled movements. Um, it's a 15-minute clock. 
they'll start with one set of a handstand hold and then we have some options on that so someone who doesn't feel comfortable getting upside down could do a uh, dumbbell overhead hold i think there's some presses into a hold yeah and then the the higher skilled option is a, a strict handstand push-up with a hold at the end so they have the option to do a just a static hold or they can do a couple presses plus a hold but everyone will essentially be doing a hold at some point um, they'll rest 30 seconds and then they're going to go into a strict pull-up so they're going to do a set of strict pull-ups they can drop down take a rest and then they're going to hop up and do a set of kipping so this is something we've been talking about adding in is you know you have the people who are able to kip but not able to perform strict um, which you know there are quite a few of those people out there so we're basically making them earn any variation of kipping that they mm -hmm. want to get to so one set of strict one set of kipping rest 30 seconds and then they're going to do a uh, I would call it like a core complex so 30 seconds of a hollow flutter kick plus 30 seconds directly into a 30 second tuck hold um, which will get pretty nasty they'll do a 30 second rest and then they're back to the top but I think the main thing here is they get to pick the numbers that they want to hit so one thing we had found in the past is if we set expectations for them it, there's there's so much variance in, in an athlete if you say five strict pull-ups for me that's really easy but for a female who has maybe one or two you're yeah. literally talking potentially five sets of one yeah um it's, it's just so different so we're allowing each athlete to kind of find the number that, that challenges them um and something they can repeat from round to round uh, so they get the most out of their workout and not some number that we're kind of projecting on yeah. the class. Yeah, so we're doing a lot more rep ranges, a lot more open-ended, hey, it's just a one set, one to two sets. And we'll we'll give more specifics in our notes, in our wad briefings mm -hmm. to say, hey, if you're not getting at least this number, then you can do more than one set. Or let's think about um, adding a band or making this modification to be able to get closer to this rep range. So we will set kind of a, a stimulus goal, even though it is an open-ended set, but because it's, it's labeled as one set and not repetitions, it allows us to make more specific modifications and have that client more bought into those modifications as opposed to when you put, as Austin said, five strict pull-ups on the board. Now when someone's not doing that, they feel like they're less than, and, and there's just more resistance to getting them to do the modification versus them being excited because you customize something for them. And then it feels very valuable that you made this customization as a way, as opposed to taking away from their experience because you made that customization. Yeah. And um, I think one more example I wrote here is actually one that we programmed today. Um, I actually just got doing it, like <laughs> done doing it like an hour ago. Um, it's a longer aerobic piece, but the big focus on it is going to be pacing and like we've been talking about we, we feel like we overuse that word in different terms but today we based pacing off of specific efforts um, throughout these rounds so the workout is five rounds it's six minutes on to only two minutes off so a lot of work not a ton of rest compared to the work you actually are doing but it's 400 meter ski 400 meter run and then any time you have remaining is on a biker for max calories so the way we piece this together is Ideally, it's about two minutes per movement. Some people are a little bit faster, um, but it was about two minutes per movement. But the score today was gonna be only the final round. So only round five um, on this was your score. But when we were briefing it to the class, we explained it like, 
that first round should be like a 60% effort. And this, from that point on, think of like a 10% jump in effort as you go. So 60, 70, all the way up to that final round, which is a 100% effort uh, for that round. And um, I, thought it was, I thought it was really cool. I thought the feedback we got was amazing. And we definitely found, I think, in, in my opinion as a programmer, something that we can build upon in the future. Whereas you could see that some athletes struggled to have what we consider gears. You know, that we, we program like different time domains every single day, but until you purposely do something, it, it's hard to actually develop the skill. So saying, you know, a five minute AMRAP compared to a 30 minute AMRAP, they know they need to go at different mm -hmm. speeds. But how well can you go from one to the next? And we found out some athletes can do it really well and some not as well. Some come out really hot and then they, uh, the flame goes out by the end and some did it really well, better than we expected. Um, but it was really exciting to see that we now have a new direction or a new, new thing we can build upon in the coming months and years. Yeah. Um, I think another area where people often feel limited is like isometric stuff. So in that, that previous workout you mentioned with like the hollow flutter kicks into the tuck hold, like the tuck hold specifically is one of those that people are reluctant to put into mm -hmm. You know more of their their workout setting and and that one i don't know if austin hit it but like we had he had labeled it as a 15 minute clock for quality like that's how it's written in our sugar wad that's how it's written when we put out uh we post the week in our gym physically until we write on the whiteboard and those little nuances of for quality no score uh score is just your last round all those little things completely change the uh the way that that workouts perform the way we brief it for me as a coach it's way more fun because i feel like there's there's more to that day to bring to it and there's more variety to each day and i think with variety you actually get a a stronger more intelligent athlete because they know like they said like you said they have different gears um, they know their limits better they're able to hit different tempos they're able to master all portions of a lift and you just get a better stronger athlete which I think is a better stronger human um, so I don't know if there's anything else that you had that we didn't touch on yet not really I think I, I think I just wrote a couple of key points of you know some of the things that we are really taking into account nowadays which we've covered but it's like a lot of tempos a lot more tempos mm -hmm. that we put in on almost every single day we'll have some sort of tempo um, a lot more no score days like he had just mentioned um, even on things like weight you can still plug in a weight in like their personal little um, booklet that we have on sugar wand um, but it doesn't project it to the entire class which <laughs> keeps some things a little bit more tame um, we've been doing 30 plus minute workouts once a week at least that was so another that's one, a yeah. big one um, we didn't do that before but I think maybe like the last year at least maybe little bit longer. Yeah, so I think that one's interesting because I think a lot of people would say, okay, well, you're, you're making the programming to a certain degree almost easier. And part of this was, was an understanding of like, no, we like if we were to build an athlete from the ground up, like we want them to be able to go long. We want them to be able to do, you know, not necessarily something like a Murph, but we do like a Spartan race every year. We do a triathlon. Triathlon is a really good example. We have the Fit Town Triathlon, which is a one and a half mile run, a uh, 2k row and a 5k biker and that for most people is going to be thir around 30 to 35 minutes and it's like okay well if we want them to be strong in that workout then we need to go 30 plus minutes often and often for us is at least once a week and you know that rarely looks like the hero workout that we often know of 30 plus minutes 
but it's more of like this style that you you heard this long aerobic side or something else where it's going to still fit in the week and not beat them up so bad that they're destroyed their next two days of training are destroyed so we but um but yeah we we definitely have committed to actually doing at least one 30 minute workout in the past or moving forward when we didn't do that in the past and then the last one i have is just more slow and quality focused days and i think the biggest thing on here is just making it known that that's what the day is for um, I think it's easier, easy to write 15 minute AMRAP and then say like, hey, try to go for quality. But I think until you change, like instead of AMRAP, it says 15 minutes for quality. I don't think you're going to get the same buy-in. And, you know, we even experimented the other day with like building to a heavy weight for the day. Like even those kind of words um, mm-hmm. have made a huge difference. So, yeah, that's just kind of the key points I had to wrap up here. But Awesome. Well, hopefully this got, this helps. Hopefully this helps you guys feel empowered to do more with your programming. It doesn't have to look like what we do, um, but I think it's worthwhile for you to think about what you would want your programming to look like if you did have the ability to build it from scratch for your ideal client and really what they're coming for you to you for and what their needs are. Um, so if you guys are interested, we actually have some cool stuff coming up for coaches. Um, we're in the process of building out a coaches version of the immersion. We're also looking to revamp our Rockstar Coaching course. If you are a coach or you have coaches on your staff that are looking to up their game, shoot me an email, andrew at fittown.com. I want to know what gym you're at, how long you've been coaching, and what is the biggest obstacle you're facing right now in your coaching, either on the floor or in your career in general. Um, What are you struggling with? What do you need help with? Um, So shoot me an email, andrew at fittown.com, and we'll see you on the next one.